thinking about how you say having to unlearn ways in which we communicate. I mean, one of the most difficult things for me was that I never really learned how to communicate in a relationship. It was something that was never really modeled for me. Mm -hmm. The only thing I saw growing up between my parents, I never really saw healthy ways of communicating, let alone did I ever really see them fighting. And when I did see them fighting, it was like, it was just yelling. Same for me. Growing up in a Filipino household, all I saw were my parents just sweeping things constantly under the rug. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, fam? What's up, you Welcome guys? to the Hello Married Podcast. We're your hosts, Jonathan and... Joe Encarnacion. We believe that life isn't perfect. Neither are relationships. And there are a ton of what the fuck what moments. What the fuck? Here we keep it real with messy conversations around... Sex, love, relationships, communication, parenting, and everything else in between. Because let's be real. Life is messy. So and we're all just winging it. Laugh with us, cry with us, and let's get a little more comfortable with the uncomfortable. All right, you guys. So we're back. And we are back. The last two episodes were some really deep ones where John and I talked about infidelity, the healing process of that journey, as well as us embarking on ethical non-monogamy. Yeah. Crazy, right? So freaking deep. Yeah. Honestly, I wasn't sure how our story was going to come out. Mm -hmm. And it did. Finally. Yeah. Here. I mean, it's been scary for us uh, in trying to figure out how to share these parts of our lives. Right. And we did it. Yeah. I mean, the, the beautiful thing is that w people have been able to witness your own growth over the last like year and a half yeah. on Instagram and the way that you shared and the way that you opened up emotionally, but we really had nowhere to actually point it to yeah, and say why. Now we do. We do. Now we have a story to tell. We had a story to tell. And, and we now told we told it. it. And now we told it. <laughs> and that's when, honestly, the beginning of my growth began. Yeah. It's been a beautiful thing to witness too. How does it feel for you? I mean, it feels freaking liberating. It's been crazy to think that this has been something that I have been experiencing for the last year and a half and something that I hadn't shared online to my audiences or my blog, especially because I'm so used to sharing so many of the intimate details of my own life and the lessons learned. Right. And here I was leaving out a gigantic piece of why I was becoming more sexually liberated and why I was like seeing our relationship in such a different capacity. And even like why I was being able to, or why I was able to start seeing how you and I could grow together as a couple and evolve that relationship. So it's been, I mean, overall. <laughs> Over, overall. Overall, it's been powerful. Yeah, it really has. It's like shedding a skin, like a, a shedding my skin. Yeah. To a certain degree. So. So. All right. Now let's get on to hard conversations. Right. Let's go. <laughs> Communication for us hasn't always come easy. And I think one of the things that we have experienced from our followers and people who just follow us on Instagram and our Hella Married fam is like, they're always in awe of the way in which you and I process through our hard conversations. And let's be real, like, it hasn't always been this way. It's only been like this in the past 
two years. Right. I mean, we took a long time to get here, and I think you know it's testament to just constantly trying new things, trying to figure out how we can make things work for us in terms of how we communicate, but also learning and unlearning. The ways in which you've communicated to each other from when we were 20 to when we are now in our, oh my God, dare do I say like late 30s? Oh God, <laughs> we're so old. I'm almost 40. <laughs> okay, we're not so old. We're just. I'm almost 40. Okay, you're almost 40. We're aging gracefully. I am aging gracefully. <laughs> But you know, I, thinking about how you say having to unlearn ways in which we communicate. I mean, one of the most difficult things for me was. That I never really learned how to communicate in a relationship. It was something that was never really modeled for me. Mm -hmm. the only thing I saw growing up between my parents, I never really saw healthy ways of communicating. Let alone did I ever really see them fighting. And when I did see them fighting, it was like it was just yelling. Same for me. Growing up in a Filipino household, all I saw were my parents just sweeping things constantly under the rug. I mean, my parents were never intimately um, physical with each other, or like they were never even connective. Yeah. Like I remember thinking to myself, if that's love, I don't want that. Yeah. And like. They've been together 40 plus some years now, I think. And I'm wondering to my, like, I still to this day wonder, are they communicating about their shit? Right. Or are they just, like you said, sweeping it under the rug? Right. And, you oh, know. Sweeping it under the rug or it's, well, we're married, so we just have to deal with it. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the hardest conflicts I know I had when facing shit between our relationship was just this idea of like, oh, yeah, you're married, so just deal with it. Or, oh, that's just how your husband's going to be. So, like, like learn to just accept it. And how unhealthy was that? Oh, my God, it was so unhealthy for the both of us. It I mean, really we, we would constantly sweep things under the rug. It would build up resentment. We didn't know how to have hard conversations. I think also we didn't even know if we were allowed to have these hard conversations because... Again, this messaging of, well, you're married, you've been with this person, you're committed to them, so commit to the story and, like, deal with the shit that they're bringing. Right. And it was like, uh, no, we're coming into this together. I'm going to help resolve whatever shit we have together, but also whatever shit you're bringing into this conversation, we've got to resolve this. We need to do this together, together because, I mean— That's what commitment is about. That's and what relationship, people do. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, it was interesting because a couple of weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, you and I were interviewed on the Unshakable Man podcast. My my first podcast interview. Your first podcast interview, which you did so amazing. Thank you. On. Thank you. Uh, we're going to link that particular podcast um, interview to the show notes and so that you guys will all be able to like listen into that one. But... One of the things that Mike Sagun, who's the host of that podcast, wanted us to offer his audience was like tips on healthy communication through hard conversations and conflict. And it was so funny because we had to use literally these the tips. tips like the night before. I think we had to use them pretty much the entire time of April. Yeah. Because it was crazy for the first, <laughs> like, the first full month of shelter in place and COVID and all that stuff. We were like, 
damn it, we're having hard conversations and conflict. Let's pull out the tips and go through them and like go through our own resource. And sometimes it was like, fuck, we wrote this? <laughs> what the fuck? Like you were like, we wrote this shit and how come we're not getting it? Just like, like the what intro, the hell? so many what the fuck moments. <laughs> what the fuck? So I guess like we should probably just dive into our seven tips to communicate through hard conversations and conflict so that you guys can hopefully use these in your life. So tip one in terms of dealing with hard conflict, the first thing that, you know, we kind of considered and realized was like, know that you're going into conflict. Know that you're having one. Bring awareness to it and acknowledge that a hard conversation is bound to happen. And so for us, that looked like A, being self-aware that a conflict is happening, and then grounding yourself. So important. I I actually never grounded myself before anything, actually, let Mm. alone before a hard conversation. Meditating was kind of bullshit. You really thought it was bullshit. I mean, you were like, I can't meditate. This is so dumb. Yeah. And... uh, I think it's also important for people. I mean, there's so many different forms of meditation. Right. Obviously, there is the meditation where you can do a guided meditation and obviously visualize different things. Um, but I, I for myself, use journaling as a form of meditation. Yeah. You can ground yourself by doing a very simple breath work, which the one that we like to to do when it comes to when we're about to have a hard conversation, is that four-count box breath, which is just four counts in, hold for four counts, and then release for four counts. And this helps to stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system, which for those of you guys who aren't aware and are listening, is the rest and digest system. It helps to release a hormone to help slow down the heart rate, which then helps to bring both levels down a notch in terms of just where your current triggered state is at. And so you have to bring yourself down so that you're able to be open enough to receive whatever conversations are going to happen afterwards. So step two. And are we, that are, we, is, are these steps or tips? Oh, these are tips. Okay. Not steps. You don't have to follow these. I mean, I guess they these. could be steps, but they're mm, more like tips. They're more like tips. Right. This is what works for us. This is what works for us. <laughs> Sometimes. You're right. I'll use the word tip. Not step. Yeah, just the tips. Moving along, just the tips. (laughs) Resourcing yourselves as individuals. I think this is really important, especially because what have you what have you done for yourself in in this moment before a hard conversation? Have you eaten? Have uh, you exercised? Have you slept? Oftentimes, when it comes to me. I am, and you can, you know me very well, when I have not slept or if I am lacking sleep. You are so shitty. I am such a little bitch. bitch. You are such a little bitch. I guess that goes for me when it comes to me eating too. Oh my God. Do you guys remember the Snickers commercials? Oh, I'm total diva. From like years ago where it would be like a hangry person and it would be like either some kind of diva or a football player or whatever. Aretha. Aretha Franklin in the back seat. Oh yeah. Stop being such a diva. That's 
totally John. That is me. He is such a diva when he hasn't eaten, when he hasn't slept. He gets completely hangry. He gets like super tired. So one of the things that we picked up, I think, like a long time ago, a long time ago. Halt. But you know, when we're having some sort of shit fit, we always like say, "Hey, can you halt for a second? And that's an acronym for hungry, angry. Lonely or tired, so this is just something to ask yourself: is to halt yourself before any difficult conversation and ask yourself, "Am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Or am I perhaps tired?" And if you are one of those things or multiple, make sure you resource yourself. Yeah, and and you know when we talk about resourcing, and we've like talk about this all the time on Instagram. Like we have over the last like two years. Reframed what we call self care into resources, and the reason why we've done that is because we've realized that self care has also become a trendy thing. Self care almost feels like a chore list that I'm going through. Like, oh my god, okay, did I meditate today? I need to go yoga. I need to do this. That's great, but a resource list to us looks like okay is is a resource to help you feel like you can level up your emotional baseline talking to your therapist is a resource going outside for an hour when yes. you are you know needing to get away from like the family or whatever that was so useful for me today you really needed and getting out of the hour. house <laughs> just for an hour to pick up pizza and, and to I, see other people probably outside of your house and i came back and you were like, you had the biggest smile on your face. Why are you so happy? And then I was like, oh shit, you like left the house and you're back completely resourced because you're away from this environment and you were able to even just like give yourself a little bit of a breather, which is a resource, right? And so to us, you know, bottom line, a resource is whatever makes you feel alive and well. It's like your resource. It's your basic necessities, your basic needs as an individual and as a person. And those resources look so different on everyone. And and just for, for you fellas out there listening, one of my resources, and I try to keep it as healthy as possible because it can get bad sometimes, but... I like to set an hour of time for myself just to play video games. Yeah. And that might be a way of resourcing yourself. Right. And I think, you know, it's really, again, it's really important because I don't have video games. You're as not a my gamer. Resource. Nope. But, you know, sometimes learning a new business something is a resource. And I know that's just dumb, but. No, that's not dumb. It's a resource for me. Thank it is you, a resource. Right? Thanks that's for not dumb. That. Thanks. I no. appreciate it. No. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm surprised you weren't like, video games are dumb. Oh, gosh. it's, it's We've evolved that relationship with this video games. This is true. Well, it's because I evolved my relationship with video games. Very true. And that helped evolve my relationship with you with your video gaming. So our next tip, just the tip, is consent. Yeah. And I love this one because, you know, one of the things that you and I have had to learn over time is to actually ask the other person involved in the hard conversation, whether or not we can actually have this hard conversation right now. Right. I know for myself, I'm the kind of person when it comes to conversations or arguments or whatever, I want to resolve that shit 
right Immediately. here, right now. And John is a little bit more. Of I'm an, more of the the kind that's like, I need a moment to process. Right. He just needs a little bit more space, and then he can come into the conversation. But me, I'm like a fucking bull. Like, let's handle this shit right now, which doesn't always help. Strong, strong like bull. <laughs> which doesn't always help when it comes to us having a hard conversation because our energies are mismatched, and John might not be ready for it. Right. And just like having consent with sex, you want to have consent in having a hard conversation. It's just as equally as important to have consent and both people wanting to be a part of this hard conversation. So, I mean, regardless of relationship status, you shouldn't make any assumptions on whether or not someone is ready to have a conversation. Yeah. And, you know, consent also shows respect for one another. And it also is showing that you believe in the other person's autonomy in that relationship. And you believe in that person's individuality in that relationship. And so that is extremely important. But then there are some times, John, where I know I've wanted to have a conversation with you. And I'm like, hey, can we have this conversation? And you are like, no, I don't want to have this conversation right now. What is the thing that I typically ask from you? When can we come back to this? Yeah, and and that's like super important because it gives me an ability to be able to Trust and have confidence to know that this conversation is important. Right. And that you're going to come back to this when you're feeling resourced. Right. It also gives accountability for the person who typically avoids the conversation in that moment because then they're the ones who are like, you know what? I told them I want to have this conversation in an hour or we're going to have it in the evening after dinner at 7 p.m. or whatever. And just so we're clear, it's self-accountability. Self-accountability yes. and, you know, partner accountability. And too. partner accountability. Yeah. Yes. You know, like historically, I've never been good at letting you know I'd like to come back to this conversation. Mm-hmm. Before it was just I need space. Right. And I would walk away. And although I knew that I wanted to come back to the conversation and resolve it at some point, I never gave you a specific amount of time. I think what's useful now is that over time I've learned how to do this for you and saying, this is important to me. I know it's important to you as well. And I would like to resolve this. But right now I'm not resourced Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm probably in need about like 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And, and, and I think, I think it's important and I love that we've been able to get to a place where we can do that because it just builds a lot more confidence and security between the both of us. But what happens when it's not a time frame that you're comfortable with? People just have to negotiate that. I think we've done that before where you're like, I need to talk about this later today. And I'm like, mm, that's not going to work for me because A, I have all these things going on and B, I really want to resolve this much sooner. Yeah. And if you can negotiate time and space of when I had that conversation, do it. Right. Because, I mean, typically, I don't negotiate with terrorists. Right. And you're a fucking terrorist. (laughs) (laughs) So just to kind of recap the first three tips for you guys, the first one is ground yourselves. So make sure to ground yourself before having a hard conversation so that both of your energies are roughly at about the same level or you've been able to just reduce the amount of stress that you're currently feeling in that moment. 
The next one is resourcing yourself as individuals. Make sure that you're feeling resourced enough to have this hard conversation. And then the next one is consent. Make sure you have both parties' consent before having this conversation and going into conflict resolution so that both parties are present, able, and willing to actually go down the path of having a hard conversation. Shall we take a break? So moving along, next tip. The fourth one. The fourth one, setting an intention. Yeah, I actually took this as from an inspiration about... um, Psychotherapy, psychedelic therapy. Psychedelic therapy. Not psychotherapy. (laughs) Let's get that straight. From psychedelic therapy. From psychedelic therapy. I was looking at you going like... It's important to have uh, the right set setting an intention to have a good trip. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Have a good healing experience. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. All right, moving on. Let's go. Let's talk. Let's touch on set. Tell me more, Joanne. Oh, man. Okay, yeah. So set setting intention. I was inspired by psychedelic therapy because this is one of the more, this is the most important foundation for them when going into a therapy session using psychedelics. And set really to me in terms of having a hard conversation ultimately means what is the set of the mental and emotional capacity of both persons or all parties involved. And so what you could imagine that looking like is if you think about like actors in a movie or in a play or whatever, like you're going to want to know what the set is like. What is the mood? What is the feeling? What is the emotion that everyone is bringing into the table and into the conversation? What is the set like? Is that at a place where we can have the conversation, right? And so then the next one, setting, which is the physical space. Oh, that's so important for me. Yeah. Say more. Why? Why? How? How has the setting been impactful in terms of having a hard conversation? Well, if you think about it, like. Most of our hard conversations happen at home. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if the home is intended to, let's say, for example, there's laundry on the couch. You can see my eyes getting bigger through my voice, can't you? (laughs) Right? I can see them getting bigger right now. If there's a laundry on the couch that hasn't been folded, dishes. You said that that super Filipino. If there's a laundry. (laughs) If there's a laundry that's unfolded on the If there's dishes in the sink, if the house is dirty, that's only going to add to stress levels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how are we going to have a healthy conversation Mm -hmm. if motherfucker over here is stressed out, (laughs) right? So it's important to, to have that setting of yours nice and orderly. And you know what? Even if that means, let's say, for example, if your place isn't nice and orderly, go outside and go for a walk. Yeah. Put yourself in a different setting. Yeah, I love that. You know, oftentimes John and I will have our hard conversations in our bedroom. And part of the reason why we do that is because we know that that is kind of a sanctuary for the both of us. And it allows us to be able to lay in bed if we need to, look at each other, give ourselves an opportunity to feel like we can be cocooned up and safe 
especially in our bedroom, to be able to have a hard conversation. Right. Sometimes, though, we'll have conversations outdoors just so that we're not stuck in the house and just so that we can have, like, the sun beating on our face. That so always that feels, feels good. good. Yeah. That it always, always feels, feels really good. amazing to have that. Right. What about intention? Intention's, like, really important because, um, you know, sometimes in having a hard conversation – the goal or outcome of the actual conversation isn't necessary to resolve a conflict. Maybe that could be to just simply be seen, to feel heard, or, you know, it could be that you're really wanting a resolution out of this hard conversation. I think with that, though, there also needs to be, going back to one of our other tips, there needs to be consent right. in wanting to resolve the situation. Totally. And, and you know, there have been plenty of times between you and I where I'm like, I want to have a hard conversation, but really this is me just having a hard conversation with myself and I want you to almost be there to witness it. I just need to be seen. I just, I just need to, to live my experience. I just want to be able to live my experience and put my experience on center stage. Yeah, I'm not looking for a resolution. Yeah. I just need to voice what is going on inside of me. Exactly. And so that has always been, you know, one of the things that now when John and I have a conversation, we're always like, okay, look, I just need to be seen and heard. I don't necessarily need to have like another answer. We're done with this conversation, but there's just a couple little things that I want to get off my chest and then we can continue on. This next tip is a very important reminder to not forget that you are actually on the same team and you have a common goal. Mm -hmm. You know, you and I, we are on the same team in this relationship. It's important to just recognize this even if you're in a romantic relationship or if it's a work relationship, a family member, or even just a friend. Any relationship, really. Ultimately, you guys are on the same team. There's a common goal there. And, you know, I, I love that, especially with all the stress that's been going on right now, that you and I have really leaned on each other and looked at each other and just been like, look, babe. I love you. We're on the same team. We're on the same team. I'm not trying to fight with you. I want to get this resolved. We love each other. Let's come back to what we know. Right. Sometimes, though, I'll be honest with, with the listeners. You're a tough cookie. Oh, you're... And sometimes... You think you're easy? I know I'm not easy. Yeah. And that's why it's good to remember that we're actually on the same fucking team. <laughs> That's, true. That's I'm, true. I'm 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 your Clay. And I'm Curry. And you're and you're my Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. I'm your Clay Thompson. For those of you guys who are listening and don't know those references, that is the Golden State Warriors. The Splash Brothers. Their basketball team here in the Bay Area. They used to be in Oakland. They're now in SF, but um Oh yeah, those two just feed off of each other. Yeah, and and you know it's it's interesting because if you think about like a basketball team that's got a bunch of all star players, they're all great individually, but they're they're pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, when they're together, and they can only be that amazing if they remember they're on the same team and they have a common goal. Joanne has to use sports analogies for me to understand sometimes. I mean, I think it's like. Beautiful, and that it I've works. Found a way to be able to communicate with you in your language. It does work. And so there are times where me and John are having a conversation, right? And I'm trying to get him to understand something, and I'm using whatever language speak and and therapy speak, <laughs> therapy and life coaching speak, and all these large psychological terms and words. 
And he looks at me with this blank stare. And then I'll go, I'll like use some type of space analogy or something. (laughs) And I'm like, look, your resources, it's like you're trying to get to the moon and you need enough jet fuel to get through the atmosphere. But once you're there, you're going to be coasting. You're in space and... There's no gravity, but like right now, you need all this fuel to get off. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, I get you. (laughs) I get it. Yeah. So, you know, communicating in the way that the other person can understand. Find find a way to communicate with whoever you're talking to in a way that that they'll understand. Yeah. Yeah. That's super, super helpful. You know, one of the other tips here is finding a common ground, which – I personally love this one because this this basically means come to a mutual understanding or even agree to disagree. Some hard conversations or some conflicts don't always need to end with both of you guys agreeing on the same thing. Sometimes you got to walk away and be like, you know what? I agree to disagree with you. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I don't see it from your perspective right now. And that's okay. We're done emotionally laboring. Right. On this shit. Like how many times have you done that where we're like, today, for example, we walked away from a little fight and we were just like, I don't know if we're really golden. Like two hours later, you came back and had to finish the conversation. And it was like, okay, (laughs) clearly we're still not done. Yeah. We're not done with that. We're not done. The biggest problem this morning was we didn't agree to disagree. That's very true. So we use like this word, we, we recently came up with this, emotional, with this safe like, word. emotional safe word. I mean, for those of you guys who are listening, obviously in kink and in sex and, you know, when you're doing role play or whatever. They have safe words. They have safe words, to right? To stop. To stop. And so me and John were like, well, why don't we have like an emotional safe word? Which basically for us means. We're okay. We're okay. Like we, you and I, this team, we're okay. We feel resolved. You know, we're golden. That is our emotional safe word. And I think it was really important for us to establish this, especially during this time, because we don't have the ability to just escape from the house. And we're walking around extremely stressed because of COVID. And, you know, it's not that like we're walking around stressed out and pissed off, but we both know and understand that everyone in the world our children including, ourselves included, are dealing with a lot of stress at the moment. Right. And it may not it may not seem that way from the outside, but internally, as individuals, we might be going through our own internal chaos, but the relationship and the conflict and the conversation is resolved. The outsides of our face, we might be walking around with resting bitch face all day long. Right. Which is common especially during (laughs) this like quarantine situation. Yeah. And so we came up with an emotional safe word because we wanted to make sure that the retching, the the, the RBF, the resting. (laughs) The the, the retching bitch face. (laughs) The retching, the retching bitch face. Resting bitch face. Was not necessarily from the conversation or conflict we had, but it was like from something else. Yes. Everyone is walking around with RBF. Yes. Major RBF. Major RBF. The last and final tip is committing to doing better next time. As our whole podcast is about 
life not being perfect and relationships not being perfect, you have to come to the understanding that having hard conversations and finding ways to communicate in a healthy fashion is going to take practice. A whole lot of practice. And it's not going to be perfect. And that, you know, committing to doing better next time gives space and allows each person to have an understanding that your love and relationship is a constant work in progress. We're still finding new ways of communicating with each other. All the freaking time. Right. And I think like we're also learning and realizing that the way in which we communicated a week ago might be a little bit different this week. Yeah. And this also allows us to have grace and compassion and understanding and self-compassion. Right. And empathy. I think that's really important is like having that self-compassion. Yeah. You know, because for me, I would like beat myself up all the time. Right. When I would make a mistake. And for me, it was more about, and, and this took a lot of practice too, was actually taking those mistakes and telling myself, well, what can I learn from my situation last time? Yeah. How can I move forward? How can I be a better person? Mm-hmm. How can I show up better for myself so I can show up for my partner next time? Yeah. We're going to make mistakes. We're only human. We're going to fuck up. You're right. We're not perfect. Love isn't perfect. So just commit to doing better next time. I'm pretty perfect sometimes. Um, hmm. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to take that back. I take it back. And, you know, I think finally a good practical thing to do, journaling and revisiting the conflict in some way, shape, or form at some point if you can. Yeah, I think that's really important because sometimes I think after a, a conflict gets resolved, um, especially hard conflict, you know, oftentimes people don't celebrate those wins that they have. Yeah. And uh, I think it's just so important to, to to be able to celebrate those wins. It's like, hey, we did, yeah, we were in, in some shit and we were able to talk through it. And uh, I want to celebrate you. There are plenty of times, especially in the last like month and a half, you and I have had some really hard conversations and arguments and, you know, we've gotten like nasty together and nasty at each other, which was like so unnecessary. But one of the things that have really kind of brought us back to love again is looking back and going, you know what? Yeah, this fucking sucks. We got into an argument again, but guess what, babe? We were able to resolve that. In 15 minutes instead of like three days. You know, it's something that's not on here that I'm kind of thinking of right now is, and something that we should add is practicing gratitude. Yeah. In addition to to celebrating wins. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, because oftentimes it does take a lot of courage for one party to be vulnerable. And with vulnerability and opening yourselves up, I think... As the person who is listening, um, to just show that gratitude. And I know it's helped you. And it's actually helped me a lot when you've expressed your gratitude for me opening up and actually saying things like, I know this is hard for you. I know it took a lot of courage for you to open up. And Mm -hmm. I just want to express how grateful I am that you did. 
some best practices in terms of practicing how to have hard conversations is, you know, remembering gratitude, expressing gratitude to one another, making sure that you're pacing and breathing through the conversation because while one person can process all the information a lot quicker than the other person, the other person might need a little bit more time or is slower to process the conversation. So pacing an actual hard conversation is important and taking breaks when needed so that each person can feel a little bit more resource to continue to keep going and also giving permission for the breaks Yeah, and, and not giving the, the person a hard time because ultimately you're trying to get to common ground, which is to resolve the conflict eventually. Or not resolve. Or to not resolve no, it. Or not in that moment. And also acknowledging the wins that, holy shit, you're able to like resolve that. And, yeah. and to say thank you for being there for one another to actually have that conversation and to work through it together. Yeah. And I know that like I haven't been as good with journaling lately, but I think it's also really important to look back and to be able to document the conversations, the conflict and how you guys resolved it so that you guys have the ability to almost have like an artifact right. of like how you're able to get through that together as a team. So I'm just going to recap the tips really quickly. For everybody. Sounds good. Let's do it. First tip is to ground yourself. Make sure that you guys are grounded. You guys are both able to have this conversation. The second one is resourcing yourselves as individuals because you want to make sure that you guys are both coming into the conversation fully resourced, feeling good about having that conversation, or at least your emotional baseline is level enough to have that conversation. Three, asking for consent, making sure that both parties want to have that conversation right then and now. And if it's not available to both parties at that time. When can you come back to it? When can you come back to it? And negotiate a time that works for both of you guys to have that conversation. Four, set setting an intention. Making sure that everybody is at a mental and emotional capacity to have the conversation, taking care of your physical space, or creating the physical space or to have that conversation. A, or creating a safe space. Mm -hmm. And then setting the intention of what you want out of this outcome. Are you looking for a resolution? Are you looking to just be seen or heard? Do you just want to vent? Number five, same team, common goal. We are on the same team. We are on the same team. Whether it's your partner, a coworker, a friend, family friend, child, parent, whatever. Remember, you guys are on the same team. You guys are doing this together. Right. Number six, finding common ground. So making sure that you know that you guys are trying to come to a resolution or agree to disagree. That's also okay, too. And that's too. okay. Yeah. And number seven, commit to doing better next time. The commitment is so important because you guys are humans. Y'all are going to make mistakes. We've made plenty of them. Oh, I've made so many. And ultimately, your love is a love in progress. And it's going to be a work in progress. And it's going to constantly evolve. It's going to shape and it's going to grow just like you guys are growing. Right. And don't forget with those mistakes that you make, just have a lot of compassion for yourself and give yourself a lot of grace. And give the other person some compassion and grace too. Very important. Yeah. And then to round it all out, some best practices pace each other, give each other time to breathe, journal, revisit the conflict, and review how you guys move through it. Celebrate your wins. 
express some gratitude and acknowledge one another for the hard conversation. Did I we think that's that good. Is that good? I think so. Wow. Great. Well, that's the end of this one. <laughs> Tune in to our next episode, y'all. On to the next one. On to the next one.